Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 through 6. Come on, I got to get you just to talk to each other because after church, everyone's like, out the back door. So I'll get you to fellowship during church. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 through 6 says this. Use your heads. As you live and work among the outsiders. The outsiders mean those who aren't believers yet. He says, use your heads. In other words, think about how you live and work with the outsiders. Don't miss a trick. But make the most, watch this, of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. Somebody say speech. Because the goal is this, the writer says. The goal of your life is to bring the best out of other people. Can I tell you, that's the goal of your life. That's the purpose of your life. Someone might say, well, Pastor David, what's the goal? I mean, what's my purpose? I'm looking for my purpose. I need to discover my purpose. Your purpose of your life can be discovered tonight when you leave this place. In fact, even before you leave this place, you can find someone to encourage and you can find someone to bring the best out of them. Scripture says this, that is the purpose of your life. We are called to be a city on a hill, the light in the darkness. And can I tell you, when you do that, you're fulfilling your purpose. He says, bring the best out of others. How? In conversation. Don't put them down and don't cut them out. Do you know what I believe that's saying? I love that last part. Don't cut them out. It's really where we get our you belong here statement on the wall out there is that what God is saying is when it comes to the kingdom, when it comes to Christians, when it comes to being a Christ follower, there is no such thing as an in crowd. Like there's no such thing as like the popular people and the unpopular people. How many of you know when you go to war in kingdom, you go to kingdom war against the darkness. There's no such thing as middle school games anymore. When you come to Brave Church, you're in part of the family. You're on the in crowd. You're part of the crew. You're part of the military. You're part of the... Come on, are you with me tonight? This is where we come into this place and say, you know what? Together, we're going to take the city and make a difference in people's lives. Don't cut anybody out. It doesn't matter where they came from. It doesn't matter how much money they have or don't have. It doesn't matter what they look like. Come on, we need to be a church. Man, come on, I'm going to preach to you guys tonight. Y'all need to just come on, shake yourself. We're going to be a church that we are a church for the people of Miami. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. This is a place, Brave Church is a place for the people all people and we're not cutting anybody out like we have already drawn the line in the sand and i've said as for us in this church we are called to every person from the highlights to the lowlights to the famous to the nameless we're going after humanity because that's who jesus loves but we have to be careful because here's what we know i I love it that it says here that we are to use our speech to go after people, to bring people in. And so tonight what I want to do is I want to give you seven ways to save someone's life on that topic, on that verse. And number one, write this down. Well, how do I save someone's life? Number one is this. We need to encourage them. We need to be encouragers. I'm just wondering here at Brave Church tonight, where are the encouragers? 
Like, where are the people who have said, you know what? I don't want to be someone who negative things come out of my mouth. I want God things to come out of my mouth. I want to speak life. Come on, is there anybody here that you want to speak life? I don't want death. I don't want discouragement to come from my mouth. But I want to be a builder of people. Do you know what I've discovered? Is that people need more encouragement than you can ever even imagine. In fact, I would say there are more people here tonight that need encouragement than you could even think of. Let me just go a little bit further that chances are there is someone sitting on the very road that you're sitting on and they need more encouragement. They need more affirmation. They need more hope in their life than they're even willing to admit. I remember several months ago, I was talking to a, a man in the lobby and he was 35 years old and he was just walking out after a service and I patted him on the shoulders. He walked by and I said, hey, I just want you to know I love you and I'm proud of you. And he stopped in his tracks and he turned around and he looked at me and he said, Pastor David, and he grabbed me by the shoulders. Big dude, man, grabbed me by the shoulders. Bro, anytime a big guy like grabs me with the shoulder and squares up like. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know your pastor gets scared? I'm like, oh. What's about to happen here? And he looks at me and he goes, what did you just say? I don't know. I think I said I love you. And I'm proud of you. Oh God, I pray that's what I just said. He's like, man, he's just looking at me intense, man. Like his eyes are watery. And he says, that is the first time in 35 years that anyone has told me that they love me and they're proud of me. Let me tell you something. You want to know how to change someone's life? Begin to let God use your mouth to encourage people. There is more power in your words than you even understand or can imagine. The Bible says that your tongue carries life and death. But in our going to be a church that we say, God, use us to speak life to people in our city. You can use me, God. You can use. Come on, somebody use your mouth to give God a shout of praise right now. Because here's what I know. Many times, man, we have the intentions of like speaking good words. Like we think it, but many times we don't say it. Have you ever like noticed like sometimes like you'll think, man, oh man, what a great shirt they're wearing. Man, great shoes they're wearing, but you never say it. It's in our heart. It's in our, our mind, but it never comes out of our mouth. Because positive things and encouraging things, the enemy knows your encouragement, your mouth, your words are so powerful they can literally save someone that is why it is so much easier to be negative than it is positive that's why you got to be careful let me segue for a minute off of that and just speak to somebody in this room that's why you've got to be careful how you describe your situation that you're going through right now because the devil hears every word and he will cause you to speak over your situation what you speak out is what you live in and you better be careful even when you're discouraged to prophesy and to declare those things over your life you need to begin to train your tongue and say tongue you need to obey the word of God I'm going to prophesy life i'm going to oh my god who is this for here tonight you need to begin to adjust your language because what you speak out is what you live in of course you're living in hell because that's all you talk about is the hell that you're living in but why don't you just look at your hell situation and say my god i don't understand why i'm going through it but my god is bigger my god's not done writing my story yet i know there is something bigger on the horizon just for 
Come on. Come on. Come on, right now in this place, somebody just needs to lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your hands all across this room. I want you right now to begin to thank God for breakthrough in your life right now. Come on, right now, out loud. God, we thank you for the breakthrough. We thank you for the provision. We thank you, God, that you're going to make a way where there is. Oh, man, I wish somebody would have enough faith to begin to prophesy it over your life. Because it's going to break. I thank you for the promise. I thank you, God, that you've not given up on the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because what we're doing is we're commanding the atmosphere around you to listen to the voice that God has given you. Your voice is more powerful than you could dream of. Man, I just need to sit here for a minute because I needed to remind somebody that if you will let faith speak through you, God will move mountains. God will move obstacles. God will move the situation. That impossible thing that you've said is impossible. God looks at it and says, that's nothing to me. I can move that. I can change that. I can restore that. What you have labeled as too late, God says, I'm just in time. Come on, one more time. Let's give God the praise like we already have the miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we tell people to double dip the six o'clock because man, God stir something up in the six o'clock service. Listen, here, here, here's the thing: what you put in is what's going to come out. Some of you need encouragement, and the reason why you live in defeat is because of the people and the influences that are around you, and you keep wanting something. That you're believing God for. And God's like, I'm ready to move when you are. Some of you need to move on. And some of you need to move out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking like moving out from your boo thing. Move out. Come on, can we, go, can we preach like that in 2019? I don't care if it makes you mad. It's the word of God. I will never back away from the word of God. Don't you dare look at me like, Pastor, I can't believe. No, I want you free. I want you to live with authority. I care more about you than what you think about me right now. Yeah, I've not come to be a pastor that's controlled by the masses and by pop culture. I've come to declare freedom to God's people. I've come to look Pharaoh in the face and say, let my people go. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to be free? Come on, some of us, it is time to move on. You got to move on. You got to move on. You got to move on from that thing. You got to move on from those people. You got to move on from that crowd. God has something so much bigger and better for you. If you would just say, I'm going to leave this jacked up people that don't care about me anyway. And I'm going to move into. Encouragement. Is this okay tonight? Let me get back to my preacher mode for a second. 
I get fired up, man. When God just begins to stir up and move, you know what God's doing? You know what that is? You know what that is? That's God reading the atmosphere in this room. And th- there's some people up in here that needed to hear God's ready to elevate you, but he can't elevate you at the level that you're at. He wants to elevate. Some of us want God to bless us, but we want to be like, like, like catfish, bottom sucker, sucking up the muck of the ground. And God's like, I've called you to soar like an eagle. Are you kidding me? Why are you hanging around chickens and pigeons when I've called you to be an eagle? Stop hanging. Man, listen. Man, there's something there for somebody and you got the point already. Let God speak to you tonight. That's what happens. That's what happens is God changes the atmosphere. He changes the message because he cares enough about two or three people in this room. And here's what I feel. And y'all know me. I don't say this. I don't get weird or whatever. But there are two or three people that you are at a crossroads of your life. You're in this service. You're not here by accident. You're in this service. You're at a crossroads. Either you're going to walk from life or death or you will be a Christian and never walk into your calling because the people and the influences that you've continued to let speak into your ear. And let me just tell you something. I'm not just talking about hanging around like, you know, you're a church person. Negative spirit. Someone who's not a believer and they're like part. I'm talking, you can even hang around church people who have a negative spirit and a critiquing spirit and a complaining spirit and a gossiping spirit. Come on, how many of you know there are some church people sometimes you need to say, hey, I ain't hanging with you no more because every time I get with you, you want to talk about the leadership. Every time I get with you, you've got a negative spirit. You've been offended and you've refused to let God heal that offense. So you got to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Help us, Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, I'm just going to go there. I don't even hang around with every pastor. There are some pastors. Listen. Listen. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because you know what? The best of the best or whatever, not saying pastors are the best of the best, but the best of the best can allow the enemy to come into their heart and cause them to be deceived. And all of a sudden you can be a pastor and be walking in a different way and not be walking in victory. So I select my friends very carefully. You better know if you're hanging with me, we're going up together. If you try to drag me to a club, you try to preach one minute and then you're out just partying with the world one minute. We ain't hanging together because I'm going after purpose we're going after a city i don't have time to be distracted by your church games we're on a mission we are an army somebody needs to give god some praise that god is raising up an army yeah yeah i made about 13 percent of you mad and that's okay because you know what this is the kind of preaching that will set you free. And if you're mad, what it is, that is the spirit of God wrestling with your flesh. And God wants to know who you're going to walk out here letting be the victor of your soul. Come on, man. Turn to somebody and say, that pastor's preaching now. All right, number two. Y'all ready? How about this? You want to change someone's life? Let's bear their burdens. What what does that mean, Pastor? That word bear their burdens means this. Help them carry the weight of their life. It's kind of like if I have a piano on my back and I've got to go to work or go to school, be a dad, or you got to be a teenager, you got to be a college student, you got to be a business owner, you got to be an employee. 
you got to be an employer, and you got this piano on your back, and it is a weight that you barely, I mean, you're struggling just to make it through the day because of the weight that is on your back. And there are many of us in this room that even you have come here tonight. There was some kind of just pain. You've come in here with a financial weight, a relationship weight. You've come in here with some kind of just pain, or maybe it's pain from your past, or maybe it's a hurt that someone did to you, and you've just carried this weight. And when we bear the burdens of other people, it is like somebody else coming up underneath that piano and saying, I can't take the piano off of you, but I sure can't help push the weight off of you. And I can't help you carry the burden of this situation. How we save someone's life is that we look around at our friends and our coworkers and our family and we say, how can I help you carry the weight? But see, in our culture, this is how our culture is. Our culture is when we're going through a problem, we want everybody to help us. But then when someone else is going through a problem, we're like, that ain't my problem. Come on, isn't that true in our culture? Yeah, I'm so thankful that even here at this church, ministry is such a blessing. I love being able to be a pastor, but can I tell you, there is a burden to ministry, especially in Miami. They call Miami the pastor's graveyard. Pastors all around the world... Even in Australia, when I was there, they're like, oh, you're in Miami. What a beautiful city. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Literally, someone told me that when I was in Australia two weeks ago. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And they're like, yeah. I mean, everyone knows Miami is the pastor's graveyard, which means pastors come and they fizzle out because the weight and the darkness that's in our city is so great. The discouragement, there's so many things competing for people. How many of you know in Texas, there ain't nothing to do on a Sunday, so we go into church. Alabama, the biggest churches in in our our nation are in Alabama. Everyone's hiding from the mosquitoes and they want air conditioning. In Miami, there's so many things competing for your time, competing for your... That's why I'm so proud of you for being here tonight. Come on. You decided, you know what? I'm going to be in the house. I'm going to be here and grow. That's how I know God is raising up an army in Miami called Brave Church. Because you know what? We believe enough to speak the truth in love, but we also know that man, there's so many things you could be doing. But here's the thing. I, I, I was there, and, and when they said that, I just felt this burden come on me. Even someone even told me this. They, they, said, they said this while I was there because it's Planet Shakers, and they're like global, and they, they, they're all over the place, and they've been here in Miami. They've said, they even told me, they said, Pastor David, if you had pastored a church and started a church anywhere in the nation, you would already be at 10,000 people. And when they said that, there was like discouragement that came over me because I'm like, oh, it was a burden. Can I be honest with you for a minute? Let me take you behind the veil because you think I'm on the stage like, man, everything is so great, man. It's awesome. No, no, no. There is a burden for people. Like my heart breaks when I see people come to church and get on fire for God and then they fizzle out and they go back to who they used to be. This isn't a numbers game. We're not just trying to build a mega church, which we already are. That has nothing to do with it. I love the soul of humanity. And there is a burden when I see someone updating their Instagram and they're back smoking weed. They're back doing whatever. And they're back cheating on their spouse. And they were up here in the front on fire for God. There's something inside of me that just breaks and mourns. It is a burden. 
But I'm so thankful that God has given us a staff, many of them on the front row, who have said, Pastor, we're not going to let you carry the burden on your own. We're going to come up and help you pick up this weight because we believe what God is doing in Miami. I'm so thankful for so many of us that are serving the ushers, the greeters, the safety team, the kids workers and nursery workers who have said, I'm going to sign up to serve and be faithful. And you know, when you serve, what you're doing is you're coming beside your leader saying, I'm not going to no, carry that piano on your own, Pastor. No way, Pastor Darrison. No way, Pastor Jason. No way, Bianca, with dinner parties. No way, with brave. I'm going to come up in here and help you carry the weight. You know what God is looking for? He's looking for, for people who are weight distributors. That's why we say here at Brave Church, there's no such thing as spectators, but only participators. Come on, because we need you. You need us. And the crazy thing is not like we're desperate. It's not like, oh, we need tons of people. No, no. Like spots are filled and like we, we good. But the reality is if we're going to reach more people, we need more people to say we'll help carry the weight. Because the bigger this thing gets, the heavier it gets. Come on, does this make sense? I'm kind of preaching a message and giving a leadership talk. at This, this is like a team night at the same time as the 6 p.m. That's why tonight's a great time to sign up to serve. Because what you're doing when you serve, oh, man, they just want to use my gifts and talents. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. The offering bug comes out. Oh, they, the church just wants my money. We kind of need it. I mean, that's not all we want, but yeah, I mean. FPL, they're not giving us this for free. Come on. It's amazing. People, people get so mad. So I'm going like, to segue again. Like sometimes people get so, and we don't talk about money. At everyone, the board, our overseers, even people here are like, I love Brave Church because y'all don't pressure people into giving. And we never will. We never will. But I'm going to say this because I feel like the time is right. It's so funny. People get so mad sometimes. When, it's just even like, as, like Pastor David's offering was amazing. Like, I'm like, I want to give. And I already gave three times today. I want to give again. It's incredible. It's compelling. The vision is amazing. People get mad. Like, you just even mention money at church. But you went to go see Avengers and you didn't get mad at AMC that they wanted to charge you. Like you, you don't go into the AMC and they're like, yeah, that's $27. My God. They want my money. All you want is my money. I've never been amazed. You go through Publix, you go through the scan outline. They have never said, hey, David Stalker Jr., we are so glad you shopped here and you're so committed to us. It's on the house. <laughs> Let's grow up a little bit more. We're making a difference in people's lives. That offering comes around, it is a privilege to give. I'm thankful I get to give. I mean, God, pass it twice if we have to. We'll never do it. But man, it is a privilege. <laughs> so my time is up and we've only gotten through two points. Number three. 
Number three. Number three. Number three. You're not going to like this one. You're like, I haven't liked the last two. (laughs) Then let's just keep going. Number three. You want to change someone's life? How about we learn to forgive them? Man, what a beautiful city we live in, right? When I see pictures like that, my heart just melts for people in Miami. That picture right there, this is my ADD, but I'm going for it. This is downtown Brickell area. Somewhere in this vicinity in 2020. It's crazy as I was downtown earlier this week and I was just walking down Brickell and I was like praying as I was walking and all of a sudden some guy stopped me, Pastor David. And I stopped, I was like, hey, what's up? He's like, I go to Brave Church. I'm like, that is awesome. He's like, I've never missed a Sunday. And I was like, where do you live? And he points just one block. He goes, that building right there. And I was like, just man, God, this guy drives and his family drives all the way over here for church. And I said, how long have you been coming to the Brave? He's like, man, for at least five or six months. We don't miss a Sunday. We love it, man. It is just amazing what God has done in our life. And I said, you ready to start a dinner party? Because we're going to launch a campus in Brickell. He's like, we were just praying about that. <laughs> Come on, would you just pray for Brickell, brave? Would you pray for that? We need a space so we can bring revival to the heart of our city. It's going to happen. But we got to forgive people if you're going to change change someone's life. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. But instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know, there is this old saying, and you've heard me preach it, because I love it, that says forgiveness is setting a prisoner free only to discover that the prisoner is me. Do you know when you forgive someone, you're setting yourself free of the offense that they've done to you? Many times we feel like if I just, I just hold on to it, man, I'm just going to hold on because I can't stand. And really what you've done is you have imprisoned yourself. But let me just remind you, this message isn't about us. So let me tell you what forgiveness does. Forgiveness sets them free. Could it be that your unforgiveness towards someone in your family has kept them wanting to keep you at a distance because every time they see you, they know that you're mad at them. You haven't forgiven them because they still have the crock pot from last Thanksgiving and they haven't returned it. Come on. And that person at your job, when they see you, man, they hurt you. They were talking behind your back and you know it and you let them know that you know it because you've even updated your Instagram like attacking them and judo chopping them without even calling their name out but you knew when they saw it they knew that you were talking to them come on anybody know what i'm talking about you ever like scroll on your feed and you're like "Ooh, somebody's mad at somebody they are like bah, 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 bam. and everybody knows you just don't know who they're talking to and that person's like yeah they're gonna see it and they're gonna know could it be that you're the only jesus that people will ever see in their life And when you don't forgive them, they will never draw close to Jesus because the image of Jesus has an offense against them. 
Could it be that your forgiveness of someone that hurts you is the very catalyst of them being able to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus, but your unforgiveness is something that keeps them away because they know you represent Jesus? I believe that forgiveness is so powerful and can change someone's life because when you forgive somebody when they've hurt you, and you know what? Forgiveness is not even expecting them to say they're sorry back. And that is the hardest thing for us to wrap our minds around because we want to forgive and we want them to say, I'm sorry. But when the the motive of our forgiveness is saying, I forgive you, you're off the hook. That's saying, even if you don't even say you're sorry, you're still forgiven. You know that the power of forgiveness is already yours, even if you haven't received it. Now, before you mess with my theology, you're like, well, Pastor David, that is not correct. No, no, what I'm saying is the price has already been paid. It's like if you go out to eat and someone's like, hey, I've already paid your meal. You'll not eat unless you sit down and partake of it. But it's already been paid. Your forgiveness has been paid even if you don't say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. And that is exactly how Christ wants us to live toward other people. That you know what? You've hurt me. You stabbed me in the back. You betrayed me. You cheated on me. You did all these things to me. But I want you to know something. I forgive you. And I believe tonight... You can change someone's life because everyone in this room has somebody that has hurt you. And I believe that somebody needs to send an email. Somebody needs to send a text message. Somebody needs to call someone in your family, your coworker, send a message through social media and say, hey, I just want you to know something. I don't want anything in return. But I want you to know that I forgive you because Jesus has already forgiven me. Here's the thing. Some of us have unforgiveness in our hearts because there have been some big things that have been done to you. And the reality of it is forgiveness is not easy. It is a process. But why not let God begin the process tonight? let it go I've come here tonight to tell someone to look you in the eye to say what a beautiful evening it is for you just to let it go oh I know you're holding on to it so tight but God says this if you don't forgive them I can't forgive you Could it be that someone in this room, you haven't fully experienced the grace of God because there's someone in your life that hasn't fully experienced the grace of you? You want to change someone's life? Send them a message today. I forgive you. Here's number four. Number four. How about this? Let's serve them. You want to change someone's life? Serve them. Someone's going through a hard time? Mow their lawn. You look at someone, your neighbor, someone, their car is looking crazy and hasn't been washed in 13 years. You know it's because they're working so many jobs just to make rent. Offer to take their car and get, like just serve people. Someone just had a baby, bring them a meal. Can I tell you, the reason why Brave Church and and the, the, the church of Jesus Christ is is something like anything else. Nothing else in our world is like it. 
Because there's nowhere easier for you to get connected to serve other people. All day today, there have been hundreds of people that have served, holding doors, changing diapers, teaching kids lessons, up here in worship, doing the, uh, the production team. Our Kindle team gets there early in the morning and they set up and they tear down every single week. There are so many areas. There are people that are teaching Brave Life and people that are leading dinner parties all over the city. I'm just telling you, you will change someone's life when you begin to serve. That's why we have a serve culture. That's why we drive it. Not because we want something from you. We want something for you. You haven't lived until you see God use you to change someone else's life. There's nothing better than when you get your eyes off of your problems. And you say, God, use me. Make me a difference maker. A change agent. God is wanting to use you change someone's life you with the red necklace on your neck ma'am i don't know you i've never seen you i don't think there is such a calling on your life in this entire message i don't mean to embarrass you and call you out but i'm here to tell you god has called you by name he loves you and he is moving things on your behalf to prosper you and to better you there's great anointing on your life i don't know what your story is i don't know what you've gone through but god says i've carried you through it all and he let i'm just telling you this whole message man it's just there Listen, when you serve people, when you serve people, God begins to change things. God begins to move in people's lives. You lead a dinner party, and all of a sudden, a couple of those fight, they're like, man, we're, this dinner party saved our marriage. This dinner party has helped us know how to parent better. You get together with people on Bible studies and, and study the Word of God together. And our dinner parties are not weird, I promise you. We don't allow weird. No one's going to like lay hands on you. And if they do that, you need to let our dinner party director know. We're going to look at him and say, stop it. I mean, unless you need him. Galatians chapter 5 says this for you have been called to live in freedom somebody say freedom. freedom but don't use your freedom to satisfy yourself instead watch this use your freedom to serve one another in love for everything in God's word can be summed up in this one simple command you want to know what being a Christian is all about don't let CNN define it. Don't let culture define it. Here's what being a Christ follower is all about. He says it right here. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's why we're going on mission trips. And some of you need to go on a mission trip. That's why in July or June, I think, I'm going to India to go get the location for our next orphanage. That's why we're going. And we as Brave Church are going to go. Watch this. We're going to buy a bus. We're going to join with some other people to buy a bus because there's a bunch of kids that need to get to school and they can't get to school. And guess what? A church in Miami is about to step in and we're about to help some people get what they need from God. And come on, anybody excited that we get to serve people? We get to make a difference in our world. We get to say, God, use me. Number five, we got to hurry. Number five, write it quick, super quick.
be generous. You want to change someone's life? Be generous. When you hear in a couple weeks, we're going to have a vision Sunday. You're going to hear about India. You're going to hear about the mission trip. You're going to hear about the... We're about to have the greatest love week this fall we've ever had as a church. Every person needs to get involved in this. We are going to serve this city like crazy. We're all going to wear the same t-shirts and hundreds and hundreds of us are going to just, man, we're going to descend on the downtown. People are going to freak out. Who are these people? We're brave church. You know what? None of that is possible unless we're generous. Let me just tell you this though. We get to be the givers and the receivers of generosity. Do you know I've had people be generous to me that have blown, like just blown my mind. And I've looked at them and I've said, why would you bless me like this? Like just seriously, just bless me. I can tell you story after story after story. But I've also been on the other end where I've seen God use me to blow other people's minds with generosity. Can I tell you, you haven't truly lived, and it's not about money. Money is the least of generosity. I have seen people, when I've heard someone's in the hospital, and this is, these are, come on, you gotta be right, these, these are good ways. I'm going to the hospital, I think tonight, if they'll give me permission to go. And I'm looking for ways just to say, God, let me be generous with my time, with my words, with my actions, and yes, even with my money that I can put a look on someone's face to say, why would you, why would you do that? You and I need to get to the place where we live such a life where we just want to be generous. Because scripture says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I just determined a long time ago when a Filipino pastor showed up on a Christmas Sunday morning and and I had no money. I was just starting out in ministry. I was broke as a joke. I was so poor I couldn't pay attention. Come on, somebody. And they showed up on the door and they had all of these gifts for my kids and all of these presents. And then they handed us a check. I didn't even know who they were at that point. And I looked at them and I said, why would you do this? And they said, because we love Jesus and he told us to. And they put this look on my face like, who are you? And plus, I'm from Miami, and I'm like, what do you want? What's the angle? That changed me forever. Where I said, God, I want to put looks on people's faces like that too. That they look at you and say, why? not so that I can pat myself on the shoulder because that's not what this is about but so that I can look at them and I can show them this is what Jesus looks like he gave to me freely and freely I give to you I've given away cars and I've had people give me cars I've given away stuff I've had people God has blessed and I can tell you with personal experience that the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger come on if you want your world to get bigger you want your influence to get bigger you need to say God make me more generous number six how to change someone's life how about this just share your story You know, sharing your story will not cost you anything except for your pride. You know what you're saying when you share your story, your testimony? You're saying school, your university, some of your high school. 
someone at your job, someone at your school, your university, someone at your high school, they're going through something and you can say, me too. I went through that too. Someone you know just, just had a miscarriage and you can say, you know what, eight years ago, I lost the kid too and it was the worst thing in my life. And they're going to say, well, how did you make it? Because I don't know what I'm going to do. And you can look at them and say, I found Jesus and he gave me hope and he gave me strength and he gave me life. Me too. Someone you know is going through addiction and you can say, I was addicted, but God set me free. My kids are struggling. Mine were too. Me too. How did you make it? Jesus, how are you getting through? Come on, are you with me today? You have a me too story tonight. The Bible says that you overcome by the word of your testimony. The devil does not want you to share your story. He'll tell you, well, you're not good enough. They're going to look at you and say, you're a hypocrite. You're not a good Christian. You know what? Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Start where you are. You're in church today. You're doing better than you think you are. Don't let the devil tell you you're not good enough to share your story. Share your story this week. Here's number seven. Number seven is this. You want to change someone's life? Invite them to church. Last Sunday, the most invitable Sunday in the year is Easter Sunday. Hundreds of people, first-time guests. Standing in the lobby, emails, messages, every platform that is digital out there in the world came and keep up with it all. Messaging, 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 messaging. First time ever in church, I couldn't believe what I felt. First time I've ever been in a church in 30 years. And I said I would never go back to church. And I came back to church because I thought they were all hypocrites. And now I came and I could feel the presence of God. First time I've ever been to a Christian church. I grew up Catholic my whole life. But man, I felt the presence of God. I grew up Buddhist, but I felt the presence of God. I grew up atheist, but I feel the presence of God. I've been an atheist for it. I feel the presence of God. You see, when you take one of these invites that are in your seat every Sunday night, and we say, just invite two people somewhere, anywhere. This is not just an invite to an organization. You know, people are going to say, oh, that's his church. I hate religion. And you can say, me too. I'm not into that whole religious stuff. Neither was Jesus. Jesus hated religion. This church is not a religion. We're not a denomination. We are people of God that say we're going to mobilize to bring hope to our city. In fact, can I tell you, this church is not even this building. When we gather together, we are the church. The church doesn't even have an address. This is just where the church gathers. Because we are the church when we leave this place and we're all over this city. We're having church and everyone's going to their own jobs because we just came and we got the same mission and mandate that we're going to change people's lives through one of these seven things. But these invites are not an invite to a religion. They're not an invite. It was so funny. There was someone that sent a message and they said, "Um, yeah, so I came to church. My friend's been inviting me for a while. And I came to church and I've seen how they are and they go through this thing called the life of bravery. And I'm like, oh, you mean brave life? And they're like, yeah, yeah. You gotta protect the brand. You know what I'm saying? Like, brave life. I don't care if you do it. It's BL, brave life. I'm just kidding. And, and they're like, they, they went through this thing called start. I'm like, begin. Why are you trying to rename everything? They go to like the 12 and then they come back for the six. They call it the fire service. Like, you got it right. Let's go. And they said, I even told my friend, they're like, are y'all all drinking like Kool-Aid at your church? Like, 
If you don't know, like the Jim Jones thing, like they were like in a cult, you know, pass the Kool-Aid around. Everyone's like, dead. We're not doing that. But this person was like, what, is this like in a cult? Like you've given your whole life to it. And they said, why don't you come check it out? Why are you asking? Like, because man, I'm, and literally it's what they said, I'm scared to go, but I've seen your life change. And they came last Sunday and they gave their life to Jesus Christ. And they were here at the 10 o'clock service today, second week in a row. When you invite someone to come to church, you are inviting them into an atmosphere that lives even in this service right now tonight are being changed forever and you're inviting them to a place where their family can be changed their future can be changed come on is anybody excited for the fact that God is rewriting stories in this place real quick I gotta close I gotta close I, I, I lied to you because I don't have seven ways I've got eight so here's eight I'm gonna give it to you it's bonus material six o'clock service bonus here we go glad you stayed for the credits here we go. Number eight, you want to change someone's life? Walk them to the baptismal today. Walk them out of this room. Someone you came with tonight needs to get baptized. You want to change someone's life? Between now and the time we close, you need to have a conversation. Hey, do you need to get baptized? I'll go with you. I'll walk with you to life change. And if you're nervous, come on. I'll get baptized with you. I've had staff members of our church get baptized with people because they were so scared. And I've seen our, I'm like, is our staff even saved? What's going on? I'm like, do it. We got pastors that are getting saved. It's great. They're like, no, getting baptized because they want to get baptized alone. I'm like, do it. You want to change someone's life? Listen, you're here tonight. You're like, well, I've got plans tonight. Change your plans. God's interrupted your plans. Tonight's the night to get baptized. You don't need to wait. Well, I got baptized before. I know you may have got baptized, and it didn't stick. So tonight's the night where you do it again, and let God change you again. Tonight's the night. Well, I'm not ready. We've got a t-shirt just for you. We've got stuff for you. A team is ready for you. Tonight is the night to say, God, change my life forever. Come on, would you stand to your feet all across this room today? Listen, with no one looking around and no one moving around, please, no one moving around, I want to ask you this question because, man, we've got a team that is ready and here's what we're going to do. We're all going to go out there and cheer you on. We've got the music bumping, a cheer line ready. We've got a shirt ready. We've got towels for you. It doesn't matter if you weren't ready or not. Listen, the best things that will happen to you are things that will happen when you weren't even planning on it. Jesus, when he was with John the Baptist, he got baptized. It's symbolic that when Jesus was put in the grave and he rose again, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. It's a fresh start in a new beginning. It's new life. When you get baptized, it is so powerful because it is you doing like what Christ did symbolically. You're going to leave your old self in the water and your new self is coming up. Last night, a 54-year-old woman messaged me and said, you know what? I got baptized like 20 years ago. And when I came out of the water, the addiction that I was fighting for 40 years broke off of me the day I got baptized. I'm talking about addictions being broken tonight. I'm talking about relationships being healed. Come on, I'm talking about depression. There's something powerful. 
so I'm going to pray and then Pastor Jason's going to come and give us instruction but come on get ready I believe hundreds of people have been baptized today and I believe that God has saved the best for last Jesus I thank you so much that you've challenged us with these seven eight things God for us to do to change people's lives and God we start tonight I know that you're working already in hearts. There's a new beginning for somebody in this room as we take a step of faith and go public and say, no turning back. I'm following you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Can someone give God a shout of praise right now? Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.